Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hello, got my beer popped open and ready for another episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. And it's hard to believe it's already November, and as we enter this month of November, coming up this Sunday, November 7th, is my wife's birthday. Special message to her. Now, you hear her voice at the in the intro and at the close of every episode every week. She is an introvert. She wanted to help and, and, and contribute to the podcast. I've had her on before, but she's not really comfortable behind the mic, and and being on air so she did record the intro and the outro for each and every episode and appreciate her doing that had many many compliments had many many people ask who is that <laughs> does your intro it's my wife it's beth she holds the key to my heart and i want her to know that i'm opening my heart to her and i want to celebrate her special day and her special weekend from the moment i met her I knew she was something special. No one else has ever captured my heart so quickly, made me laugh so loudly, or challenged me to grow into a better person like she has. Just the sound of her name, or a glimpse of her through a crowd, can brighten my day and melt my heart. She is my partner in crime, better half, best friend, love of my life, and center of my world. I love to celebrate and make a big deal about Beth on any day of the year, but Her birthday is an extra special occasion to give her the birthday wishes of fun and adoration that she so deserves. I want to make sure to let her know just how much she means to me, our family, our friends. I appreciate her. I appreciate everything about her and how she has changed my life for the better in the past 24 plus years. So to my wonderful wife, Beth, happy birthday. You are the light of my life and make every day special. I love you more with each passing day, and I am excited for all the future holds. We are officially into the holiday season, if you will, and coming up at the end of the month is Thanksgiving. This is a time when we focus on gratitude and being thankful, and gratitude is the one thing that could literally change a life forever. Mastering that one thing could mean the difference between struggling through each day or living a life we love. And who doesn't want that? What if you don't have anything to be grateful for? Well, some might not think they have anything to be grateful for, but that's because they really haven't stopped to think about all their blessings. Let's take a look. Things like having breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Having a hot shower every day. Having some cash to buy a little something to brighten the day, maybe like a latte or whatever the case may be. If you have a job, if you have a roof over your head, if you have family and friends that care about you, there are so many things to be grateful for, things we all take for granted because we've always had them. So let's take the thinking process one step further. An example, think about the food we eat every day. Most of us never really think about all that goes into the process of our food before it gets to our table. And it really is quite a massive feat. First, somebody has to plant seeds or birth and raise stock for meat. Then those things have to be fed and watered throughout their life cycle. Once they've matured, those food sources have to be harvested and processed before they can be sent to the manufacturers to be made into a finished food source. Then, 
Once the final food source has been shaped into a finished product, it will then have to be packaged. Those finished products will then have to be loaded onto one or more shipping sources and sent, in some cases, around the world just to get to a retail or shopping facility. Then, someone at that facility has to price everything and stock the shelves. Finally, that food source is ready for you to buy. But then, someone has to be there to help check out your selections, and on and on and on. So the next time we take a bite out of anything, let's think about how much had to go into that before it was ready and available for us to enjoy. We are all guilty of eating without ever thinking about what a blessing the food cycle and sources are as well as all the people involved in making them from a farm-to-table food source. This goes for everything in our lives, not just food. Food is just one single example of the blessings we receive every day, but don't give any thought to it. Next time we eat something, touch something, or anything else throughout our day, why not make a moment to be grateful for the blessings we are receiving with every breath we take? If there's one piece of advice I can give to help change our lives, it would be always be present, be aware, and grateful for all you have. And remember, not everyone has what we have or is able to live free and blessed as we do. It is a true blessing we should never take for granted. You know, there are times I get up every morning and I go through the same routine and there are a lot of things that have to be done, those mundane things that we all have to get done. And we think, is there more to all of this than just doing these chores of everyday life? And I've discovered some big truths as I take a little glance into David's life. Despite his tendency to sin, his lack of position in his own family and how others viewed him, David had the sweet reassurance of God, and that was enough. He was overlooked by everyone else, but he was handpicked by God. To his older brothers, David was young, possibly even a past. To his father, Jesse, he was just another son. To onlookers, he was just a mere shepherd boy. But to God, David was the one destined to be the king of Israel. And not just any king. He was from the bloodline from which Jesus would come. Overlooked by everyone else, handpicked by God. Even the way David was anointed to be future king is a telling story. Over in 1 Samuel 16, God revealed to Samuel that he had rejected Saul as king and chosen one of Jesse's sons to be his replacement. Now think of the list of qualifications that must have run through Samuel's mind for such a position. Got to be tall, smart, articulate, brave, groomed, well-mannered, a natural-born leader, all of that. Samuel saw some of these characteristics in David's brother, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's 1 Samuel 16, 7. Samuel had Jesse line up all of his sons. All of them were to be considered. Yet Jesse didn't call David in from tending sheep. Was this an oversight? An assumption? A judgment call? A deliberate choice? Overlooked by everyone else handpicked by God. Samuel passed on each of Jesse's sons and then asked, are these all the sons you have? I imagine Jesse with a quizzical expression on his face replying, they're still the youngest. He's over tending sheep. Surely one who spends his time taking care of animals is not the one to take care of a nation. Again, overlooked by everyone else, handpicked by God. 
As soon as Samuel saw David, he knew he'd found the one. David was anointed to become king, but he was not immediately ushered to the throne. It would be many years before David was recognized by the world. So where did he go after being anointed as king? To a refining school, a government academy, military training? Nope. He went back to the fields and continued to shepherd his flock. A king to be doing lowly tasks. A future king whose character was refined in the fields of everyday life to prepare him for his calling. That's like us. In the midst of all of these mundane, boring things and the, you know, going to work each and every day back and forth. You know, it's like, uh, go to work, wake up, go to work, come home, sleep, get up, go to work. <laughs> that whole, that whole mundane treadmill thing. There is character building. There's training there. There is attitude shaping. There is soul defining, all of which must take place for us to become what God intends. Do you ever feel overlooked by the world? Take heart. We are handpicked by God. And we aren't just doing chores or tasks. We're building a legacy. We are shaping God's kingdom. We are in the process of not only discovering our calling, but that of our family as well. And I don't know about you, but it sure does make me look at my everyday tasks in a whole different light. What chores have you viewed as mundane or pointless? Ask the Lord to give you a fresh perspective on those tasks today. When you're feeling discouraged, say these words out loud. I am handpicked and called by God. This is my assignment today for Him, and I'm choosing to see how important it is. We'll be right back after this short break. Spit out the gum. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer represent victims all over the state of Florida. All too often, insurance companies try to convince injured motorists, passengers, pedestrians, and other injured claimants to accept less than their case is worth. Whether it be a car crash, a trucking accident, a motorcycle wreck, a bicycle accident, or an injured pedestrian, it is imperative that you have legal representation to assist you. Becker and Lindauer are dedicated to putting their decades of legal experience to work for you. With proven results, Becker and Lindauer is ready to fight for you. With 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of Dave and Danielle are highly qualified and ready to help you. Call today for a free consultation, 941-567-6728. Again, area code 941-567-6728. Or visit Becker and Lindauer online at the website in the show notes. The month of November marks one year since I had the honor of becoming a godfather. A godfather to a very dear friend's daughter. Her name is Katie Ruth. She was baptized a year ago this month in November of last year. And my wife and I were had the honor of and and were humbled by being asked to be her godparents. If you will indulge me for the next few minutes to Katie Ruth. And Katie, I am humbled. And to be honest, I promise to always be truthful with you. I was a little nervous and frightened as well to have been asked to be your godfather. It is a role that tempts me to be more than I am. Honestly, I am someone who is wholly inadequate to the task that your parents have laid upon me. But if I am to succeed in any way in this 
called to be your godparent, then your baptism, Katie, as well as my own, will need to be proven to be more than just a rite of passage. Our baptisms must not be just sentimental tokens. Our baptisms must be true. For if it is not the case that the Holy Spirit, which rested on Christ's body at our own baptism, has aligned on both of us and ours, indeed, if it is not the case that the Holy Spirit is on the move, real and at work in the world, creating from nothing by working in and upon and through our words, then we should just cut the bullshit because knowing your parents, I'm assuming you've already heard that word, and admit that I'm just someone your parents guessed could be relied upon to be a not entirely inappropriate role model. But what I have to tell you, Katie, is that God does love you and has a wonderful plan for your life. The water with which we baptized you is the proof of it. And as we remember our baptisms today, you, Katie, your faith must have something external for you to grab onto and cling for life. Otherwise, faith turns inward and you're left attempting to have faith in your faith. And what I'm talking about here, Katie, is baptismal faith. That baptismal faith is faith in the work of the God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Baptismal faith is the conviction that the gospel is not a once upon a time story about an event that happened in Galilee far, far away. The gospel is the happy news, the good news, that the living God acts in the here and now to reclaim lost creatures. Baptismal faith is the faith that the external event, in your case, November of 2020, is the act of electing God. Baptismal faith is trust that the time and place of your baptism was not your parents' doing. Baptismal faith is trust that the time and place of your baptism, even if you're baptized as an adult, is not your doing. Baptismal faith is faith that baptism is not the moment when we make a decision for God. Baptismal faith is faith that baptism is the revelation that God has made a decision for you. Let me see if I can explain it better. I've, I've, got a, I've got a fire stick, and I can use Alexa with it. Not long ago, I asked Alexa a simple question. Alexa, does God love me? And the little blue light on the top of the device circled round and round and came on. I'm sure you're very lovable, she answered, which your godmother and several other people probably know that's not at all true. I tried again. Alexa, does God love me? Again, the little blue light circled around. How could anyone not love you, she said. Easily, I can hear your godmother say under her breath. I asked her again, Alexa, does God love me? People all have their own views on religion. I tried again, Alexa, does God love me? Again, the little blue light traced to the top, and Alexa said, it is more important that you love yourself. And here's the thing, Katie, here is what I hope you know by now. It's not. It's not more important that you love yourself. It is most definitely not more important that you love yourself. I've got enough mileage on me to have discovered that there are substantial or significant parts of me that are not very lovely and possibly unlovable. That's why it's more important that you know that you, even you, Katie, are loved by the love in which we live and move and have our being. And this is why it's important for you to know, Katie, 
that baptismal faith is faith that the time and place of your baptism was God's will for you, because baptism is not your doing. Faith has something better than these pious things that Alexa has to offer. Faith was not just something expressed a year ago when you were baptized. Faith is rather an everyday encounter. It is ongoing, living, present tense, laying hold of the promise God makes to you in the here and now. Faith is holding out your hands to receive the bread and the wine through which God promises you today, the body and blood of Christ given for you. Don't you see, Katie? Faith is laying hold of a concrete promise. Faith is returning to the water that Jesus has given us so that you can forever know that on this particular month in 2020, God made a decision for you without waiting for you to earn it, without waiting for you to grow up into an adult so you can add something to it, without requiring any decision on your part. Faith is a gift, Katie. Faith is not an accomplishment, which means this is important. A lack of faith can never be construed as a failure. Whatever amount of faith you enjoy in your life, whether it's as tiny as a mustard seed or as big as the Gulf of Mexico, you're sitting on a miracle. And so as we celebrate a year of you being baptized into the faith, I would like to remind you of who you are in God's eyes. And this reminder comes not from me, but from the letter to the Ephesians in the New Testament. Through a most mysterious gift, God has enabled you to receive and believe his wonderful message. The message that there is an unending life filled with joy beyond this life of trials and challenges on earth. The message that we are invited to be a part of this life and the door was opened when Jesus Christ died upon the cross and rose three days later. The message that God offers the gift of the Holy Spirit to each of his children on earth to make you strong in the difficulties in which life brings and to do extraordinary acts of love in God's name to those who surround you. Katie, live faithful to God's commands and you will discover both the great glory and the immense joy with which God shares with all those who are filled with his spirit. I pray that even now God may share with you just a foretaste of that joy. Katie, one year ago, when you were sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, I became your Godfather, and I want to remind you of who you are in Christ. He has chosen you. In your turn, be faithful and choose to worship and follow him each day. Therefore, Katie, everything I've attempted to say with all of these words can be distilled into only three. You are loved. You are loved, you are loved. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode today. We would really, really appreciate it. And here's a last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. I'm Jerry Wicker. want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, grace. Peace. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Soul Ramblings.